So as I was saying on the last podcast, which you didn't get to hear, because <laughs> obviously... Oh, the, the extra bits that yeah. only two people got to hear. Yeah, only me, Matt, and the pigeon in McDonald's car park heard the uh, the end of last week's podcast. Yeah, apologies for the slight abrupt end. Um, the device we were using to record, uh, I hadn't realised, stops recording after 60 minutes. Um, so fortunately it was 60 minutes and not like 15 minutes. Otherwise that would have been a lot of waste. It was time. just, uh, you got it done in regulation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Unlike so many teams who I could mention now. But yes, we got it done in, in 60. It was the full 60. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so anyway, we'll, we'll pick up from where we left off a little bit later on. But me and Claire are both struggling this week with, um, it's not even hockey fatigue, it's giving a damn. Um, and... To the point where I've suddenly realised we've started this podcast and I don't actually know the score from game one of the Stanley Cup final. Okay, so I do. I, I forced myself for 90 minutes to uh, to actually get up to speed with everything to do with Boston Bruins yeah. and St. Louis Blues. Okay. Um, so we have that to come. But before we crack in with the intro music, I just want to read one comment from one of our listeners who I think perfectly summarizes this, right? Yeah. It's from Abby. And yeah. she wrote in our Slack group, does anyone want to adopt a lovely man in his 60s who happens to be a huge Bruins fan, i.e. my father? I can't take much more of his smugness. <laughs> I can't be around him right now. Abby, if there was any sentiment of how, you know, we're feeling right now, mm. we feel your pain. So, Jolon, let me tell you before you actually discover what the score was last night yeah. that I'm going to give, hit you with a stat straight away, right? Yeah. Right, let me get, make sure I definitely get this correct. Um, where are my notes? Where are my notes? Where are my notes? Um, 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 I've got lots of notes. You have got lots of notes. Okay. I don't know how you decipher all of that. You've even got a graph. Yeah, that's something separate. That's something oh, right, separate. Okay. Hang on. I was trying to work out how that works out to hockey. <laughs> Oh, right. It, basically, here we go. The team well that takes the opener Slick. in Stanley Cup final mm-hmm. has won, gone on to win the Cup 61 out of 79 times oh. since 1939. Now, and you're going to tell me that Boston won game one. Yeah. But not only did Boston Bruins win game one... Aye. 2-0 was what St. Louis Blues were uh, by early on, the, the first minute of the second period. They were 2-0 up. They were 2 up, no. yeah. And then they turned it around to have 4-2 to win for Boston Bruins. And I have to say, with as much pain in me as possible, mm. that one of the highlights of the game was... Unfortunately, watching Brad Marchand's footwork, I mean, he did this crazy little dance where... What was he doing? Breaking Like, sticks? in my head, I can skate like this. And the reality, <laughs> if I was to ever go on ice, he, he did yeah. like this kind of little whoop, whoop, whoop. Like, turned around and, like, did some kind of cool little back skating thing to, like, put a, a shot on goal and was denied by Jordan Binnington. But it was absolutely beautiful footwork. And another reason why people, you know obviously really like him but no you're really making me want to watch the highlights <laughs> you, you know what it was it was a great first game and i yeah. think that what we're really surprised about is that you have got two very old school old time teams who've made it to the final take out the situation of what's yeah. where st louis blues have come from this year which we'll get into of course but you've got two teams who have been around in the nhl for a long long time time they yeah. are two teams who are very physical yeah. and old school the coaches are old school and how that different that is to what everyone said the league was heading towards this speedy stylized kind of um play that we're all expecting everything's getting younger everything's you know getting about being faster but here the teams that we're seeing in the final that's not really what their game is about no, and I think this is where the distinction again comes in with the regular season to the playoffs. You you kind of have that 
those those skills like Calgary and Tampa and Toronto and teams like that who are the kind of more skill-driven teams did well in the regular season and then came unstuck as soon as they got to the playoffs. Now, that, that tide is turning and what I found interesting is listening to people talking a lot about how the NHL is uh, a copycat league. So how many teams will throw out their current plan that they're on at the moment and decide that, well, actually, the Bruins and the St. Louis Blues, that's the way forward. Let's let's get tough. Let's get bigger guys. And how many kind of okay physical players are going to get overpaid this summer because that's the model. And how actually, it was very interesting hearing Brendan Shanahan the Leaf, one of the Leafs, well, the Leafs president, um, talk after his contract renegotiation because they were talking about, um, you know, do the Leafs lack grit and toughness and all this kind of stuff, and you know, are the lessons to be learned from Boston and teams like that? And San Jose was the other example, and he said, he basically paraphrasing him was, you know, it's all well and good copying what the team who are winning now are doing. But what you should be doing is working out how you're going to win over the next however many years. And that's not necessarily just copying what's successful now. It's getting your plan and then sticking to it. And I think he said, you know, one of the hardest things is sticking to that plan that you've got, especially when you've got like Boston and and St. Louis in the Mm. final. And I, I think that's interesting. And it will be interesting to see whether that does affect any teams in the off season. And I wouldn't be surprised if it did. And there were some players who perhaps would have been seen as um, old-fashioned who might suddenly find themselves with a pretty hefty paycheck Mm. in in certain teams in the summer. Well, we'll also have a look around, not just um, St. Louis Blues and um, Boston Bruins. God, I couldn't even remember the name then. (laughs) I blotted blotted it out of my head. Mm. Uh, We'll look around at some of of the other news around the the league as well. And I do also have a surprise for Jolon. Great. um, Which we'll we'll crack on with. I've been living in the international ice hockey world. It's really weird. Like, I'm far more... Right now, and it's obviously because my... Yeah, all jokes. My team were out in the first round. But, like, my... I'm so clued up on international ice hockey more than I've ever been in my life. And it's like, oh, yeah, the NHL is still on. But it's, it's, it's a weird sport, though, isn't it, where where the majority of teams have so long since finished. You know, if your team went out in the first round or your team didn't make the playoffs, mm. or even now the second round feels so long ago. I mean, the gap between the latest round and the Stanley Cup final was like a week. Mm, ten days for Bruins, yeah. Like, it's a long, long time. Do you remember being in this house watching the Leafs lose to Boston? Yeah. How many things have you done in, since oh, then? Oh, look, we just missed the time. It's 9.37. So, yeah, the Leafs don't have a 37, do they? I don't Not think. 9.34. 9.34. The Austin Matthews number. Oh, makes you sick. <laughs> so, because um, I, I put out on our Slack group, are there any other highlights that people would like to mention? And Dave dropped us a message and um, highlighted Finland winning. Yeah. So, I, you know what? I didn't even follow any of the international hockey stuff. I, really? I dipped in and saw a bit of what was going on with GB. But after yeah. that, I, I didn't really follow. Just there's too much going on with the NHL, to yeah. be honest. So, yeah. I decided to just, uh, with the limited time that I have <laughs> in my life, to just stick with one league. That's enough. That's fair enough. Yeah, no. Um, just recap then. What happened? It's been really good fun. Um, so, international high hockey is not something I've really ever followed. Um, I've not really had much of an interest in other than, you know, watching at the Winter Olympics every now and again, like the gold medal match. Um, but obviously, um, as you will have heard on the podcast last week, me and Matt went out to Slovakia to watch the World Championships, Did which you? involved Team GB. Did I've you? mentioned it a couple of times. Good God, times. we've heard nothing else. Um, and uh, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. And what I was saying to Matt last week, what was really strange was being a fan of a Great Britain sports team and being appreciated abroad <laughs> was really strange. Like walking through the street in your GB jersey, people would like come up to you and go, oh my God, I didn't I didn't even think GB had a hockey team, let alone fans. And that was funny, wasn't it? Because again, on the Slack group, um, our American friend, Mike yeah. Anthony, um, commented about the UK Appreciation Society. Yeah, 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 yeah. And there was just this real nice embracing of just savouring the moment and being there and and appreciating the fact that GB were in that top flight for the first time in 25 years and not really worrying about the results and, 
you know, the only the dream was to stay up, and to stay up, they needed to probably win one game, and it, it was just a really, really nice atmosphere. So to recap the the kind of the competition to anyone who hadn't followed it, um, you had two group stages which GB were part of, and the 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 Finland team, me and Matt watched, um, and we saw your favourite Capo Caco. Oh yeah! Wow that guy <laughs> and I think that was probably the best thing for me um, about going to the world championships is not only do you get to watch Patrick Kane Jack Eichel Mark Stone you know NHL pros and superstars you get to see Jack Hughes Capo Caco mm. you get to see a whole Finnish team that are non-NHL players pretty much apart from like two and it was just such a such a great thing to be able to watch that standard of ice hockey, but not have to travel all the way to North America. Um, so Finland did really well all the way through. Canada performed well, and the final ended up being between Canada and Finland. Um, rather surprisingly, because Canada had... I wouldn't say they had a, an all-star team. If you think of the potential that Canada could have, they could have a top line of Crosby, McDavid... Uh, Stamkos for example mm. and they didn't have anything like that and they had like Anthony Mantha Mark Stone players like that who are obviously top top quality ice hockey players but not your kind of global superstars and um, so the finals between Canada and Finland and yeah Finland won and have been celebrating since um, some of the pictures on social media of how the Finns have celebrated this win have been quite spectacular. I would say they were they were a Vetchkin level of really? celebrating. This Isn't was a that big deal, and there were a lot of Finland fans in Slovakia. I'd say they were probably the apart from Slovakia, they were the next best supported team out there that we saw. Wow! So yeah, no, it was really good. Um, a lot of fun. And uh, GB managed to survive somehow with an incredible, incredible game. They basically had played France, last game of the whole entire group stages for them. And uh, they had to win, basically. That was all they had to do because France hadn't won a game. Britain hadn't won a game. Bottom team gets relegated back down. Mm -hmm. And so it all went down to the final game. And Great Britain found themselves 3-0 down in that game to France. Bear in mind... Great Britain have only scored three goals in the competition once, which was against the USA, surprisingly. And they managed to tie it up and win it in overtime. Wow. So they stayed up and France went down? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, in overtime. And, I mean, me and Matt had left by that point and we were watching it on TV and our WhatsApp kind of chat was just, what? I can't believe this. I can't believe what is happening. And, uh, yeah, incredible. So they will play in Switzerland next year and uh, the groups have just been announced for that so they're going to again be playing Canada, Sweden um, and a couple of other teams as well So Wow, so will you go back? Well, go funny you should say that Claire so uh, we have just confirmed the, uh, the hostel slash hotel bookings for next year um, so yeah, we are going to go to Switzerland not I didn't as, even get an invite. Not for as long Well, it's, oh, still, thanks. it's still, don't worry it's open-ended at the moment we're still <laughs> finalising numbers um, but we, we're we going to go for a few days because Switzerland a little bit more expensive than Slovakia. Where is it in Switzerland? So it's in Zurich. Okay. And in another place that I can't remember. And Team GB are in the other place, not okay. in Zurich. Okay. I can't remember where it is. But somewhere in Switzerland. Anyway. Nice. So, so the yeah. important question that yeah. we must ask is how was the hostel experience for you? <laughs> yeah, because this was the bit on the podcast that got cut off by the uh, lack of recording. When you were basically looking like you were dogging in a car park. Yeah. Mat, right? yeah, 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 yeah. With the windows steaming, steaming up. Steaming up, yeah. Yeah. Um, how was the hostel experience? Um, it was It was okay. Um, I think is the best way I could probably describe it. Did you get um, some sleep? Uh, yes, not... Not a, I, I hadn't realised what a good night's sleep was until I left the hostel and got home and then had probably, a good night's sleep and was like, oh yeah, that's right. We should probably <laughs> recap that jo um, Jordan? Jordan? Oh my God. I don't know who Jordan is. I'm so tired. Jordan <laughs> Biddington, never, me and Jordan Biddington. <laughs> yeah, Jordan had never stayed in a hostel before. No, so no, we offered him some advice. Did yeah. you take the eye mask and the earplugs? No, Matt did though. You didn't take no. earplugs? No, I didn't know and I regretted it. So in the end, I had to most nights go to sleep with my headphones, um, headphones in. Yes. Yeah, but they're very uncomfortable when you wake up in the middle of the night. Um, yeah, the 
most of the time it was fine. We were in a four-bed dormitory, um, the two of us, and we only ever had one other visitor at once. Uh, they mixed from a Polish journalist who was there covering the hockey. He was he had kind of some English, and so we had a bit of hockey chat. Uh, a guy who I don't even know, like the most bizarre human being I think I've ever met in my life, uh, didn't speak a word to us. And I woke up one morning <laughs> with his thigh by my face as he was trying to reach over me to unplug his phone charger. Which, by the way, his phone had been going off all night as well. Um, so it was at that point I thought, maybe this whole hostel thing isn't for me. Uh, <laughs> um, and then uh, the only other thing that annoyed me, which you called, to be yeah. fair, was plastic bags. Oh, Who knew? I know. Why do people carry so many plastic bags? They're killing the world and they're killing us. Well, they're not sleep. killing the world because they're just keeping them all in their own bags <laughs> plastic bags within bags it's such know, a strange thing but the thing is with plastic bags it's a great way to pack like you separate like i say you put your pants in one plastic bag then a different color for your trousers it does world. help with the packing but there's nothing worse mm. at 4am being woken yeah. up by someone rustling a yeah. plastic bag yeah. next to your face with their thigh yeah yeah that was quite something in your face um so yeah that wasn't great but then last night there was a very nice Italian guy who I had a very interesting chat to uh, we ended up talking into the night about Brexit which was great um, but uh, but yeah really interesting experience but Slovakia was great Kasice was great the city um, we got adopted by a Slovakian family in one night um, and it was just brilliant really really good so yeah Switzerland I'm will be different I'm sure but um, yeah it was good Zurich's fun. a great town I've been there I know I was gutted it's not it's Zurich really actually great. it's it is. wherever this is but, yeah. yeah right okay back to hockey then got so some breaking news um, yeah go on the Edmonton Oilers have a new coach. Well, that's not that breaking, to be honest. It was well, leaked last ago. Friday. Well, in which case, then, I'll play you your surprise message now. Oh, what? Is this... Am I ruining the surprise? Well, you're not ruining the surprise. Has but... Dave Tippett recorded me a message? <laughs> well, it's actually something else. Oh, um, no. oh, I think you need to recap for people what else you've been up to in the past couple of days. Oh, oh dear. I've been, I've been to Portugal. Yeah. On holiday. Yeah. What else? That was like r and r from the hockey holiday yeah what else didn't wasn't uh, there for something football related uh, uh, oh do you know what i was gonna not mention that because it's still raw for me what happened with the football well, i've already documented one like minor breakdown post a sporting disaster do i really have to go through the football y- one yes you do yes oh god like nhl fans from the fire i thought i'd be safe from talking about it um, I'm a Derby County fan. Just, just pausing there for the laughing. Uh, yeah, Derby County fan and a Toronto Maple Leafs fan. You can imagine. Um, and they went to Wembley on Monday. It's Tuesday as we record this. Um, and uh, they played in the playoff final, the game that uh, people say is worth £170 million. Um, and for the second time in a row that I've been to Wembley, in fact, third time in a row that I've been to Wembley to watch a playoff final my team has lost and they did again on Monday and it is Tuesday and I'm still not over it okay well I thought the but only thing better to console you've got an Aston Villa fan on the phone I'm I've, leaving I've got an Edmonton Oilers fan oh my who god sent is he also an Aston Villa fan yeah oh you're kidding me <laughs> so here's, oh. here's the message from Tom Parker who was one of our first guests <laughs> oh on this season okay are you oh, ready no Hi guys, just uh, interrupting my celebrations of the magnificent win for Aston Villa yesterday to give you an update on the Edmonton Oilers. And Jolon, I gather you're a Derby fan, so commiserations on your state's defeat. But hey, I guess between Derby and the Maple Leafs, winning in the playoffs ain't for everyone, is it? Yeah. Um, update on the Oilers today. Uh, Underwhelmed, to be honest. Um, It's not the most exciting appointment I'd ever have asked for. Um, But then with the Oilers, who's to know? Uh, A few years ago, I was really excited about the arrival of Chiarelli and McClellan. And look where that got us. It didn't work. So um, I've got an open mind. I hope they do well. I hope they get the job done. Um, I think the tools that they have in their arsenal, I think for a start to have Conor McDavid and and Leon Dreisaitl, 200 points plus um, offensive players in your team it's a good starting block to go with um, cap issues I think will make building around those blocks 
a challenge for anyone. But uh, hopefully with, you know, the right outlook, a sensible strategy and a good approach, um, these could be the boys to do it. But uh, I'll wait and see. Um, you know, still still enjoying sport for a change at the moment. So I'm going to enjoy that for a little while before I think too much about the Oilers again. But, uh, you know, at some point, I guess I'll be uh, of the attitude, roll on October, let's see how it goes. And, um, and let's see if we can have a bright new era in Edmonton. I think he kept that quite... Um, quite pleasant, actually. Yeah. Yeah, well, 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 well done to all you Aston Villa fans. I'm sure it's lovely to celebrate. I don't know what that would feel like. <laughs> I, I genuinely don't know. After talking to my uncle, who's also a Derby fan, and he, I was saying to him how I've never actually witnessed a team of mine win anything. Like, I, I, that's not even an exaggeration. Like they, I've genuinely, hand on heart, never witnessed a sporting team of mine win something. Uh, so I'm getting very used to this losing. I would like to say that I'm getting better at dealing with it. I'm not sure I am yet. Do you think basically you are the equivalent of Drake? You yeah, are, you are like yeah, a just curse. not rich. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you are the curse that basically any team will be like, oh god, we don't want Joe Lon supporting us. But he's ruined that now, hasn't he? Because he's supporting, he's like number one fanboy of the Toronto Raptors well, in the NBA, and they're like gone through to the finals. So he's broken his curse. Well, there has just, been the yeah. suggestion that, um, as sent by Matt, that mm. our podcast curse, which we had a few months ago, was yeah. whenever we said that someone was going to do really well. Yeah then they lost so he suggested that we through gritted teeth said mm. Boston Bruin we hope that they win the Stanley Cup final with genuine it. sentiment so it. that then it they don't I don't I can't I can't even do that yeah. I can't even bring myself even though that I know it might help I for a million pounds would you do it but I bought yeah 100% yeah absolutely I mean a fraction of that Claire you, you've got my asking price way too high <laughs> I mean 20 quid probably would still do it then um, no, I've I've suddenly realised all of this superstition crap and everything about uh, predictions and everything like that is rubbish when I took my uh, Derby shirt to Wembley that had a 100% record of me wearing it. We won every single time that I wore it. And the one game <laughs> in the playoffs that I didn't wear it, we lost. So it's a sure thing, isn't it? You go to Wembley, you win when you wear that shirt. Went to Wembley, lost. Turns out... What shirt I wear makes no difference as to how Derby play. <laughs> Who knew? Right, come back to Edmonton Oilers. So Dave Tippett yeah. named the new Edmonton Oilers coach. Okay, so this is quite an interesting one because Dave Tippett has been working as a senior advisor for the Seattle franchise who was brought mm. in last year. And his job was basically to get the AHL franchise set up and also look at the construction for the training facilities. And he was tipped... That he was likely Pepper. to be... Tippett was tipped. Ah. Very good. Um, he was going to be the... Likely to be the head coach of the new Seattle franchise. I think he had ties around the area with his family. He's ex-Dallas Stars, ex-Arizona um, Coyotes. I looked into a little bit of why he ended up finishing up with the Coyotes, which he was with them for many, many seasons. And it looked like the strain of... Um, relocation rumours uh, they were looking like they were nearly going to move to Seattle back in 2013 hmm. um, and also ownership changes and so they parted on mutual terms um, so it wasn't kind of bad blood mid-season yeah. type stuff um, but he is an interesting one and it does make you kind of think Seattle would have been a clean sheet. That's exactly what I was going to say. What an, what, so maybe he had kind of been given a heads up that he was never going to get that job in Seattle. They had someone else lined up with their name on the ticket and he thought, right, where else do I go? And apparently he, he'd taken a few years out working from hockey after retiring at um, Coyotes. He'd right. been playing golf. He'd been going to holidays in Hawaii with his wife every so often. Um, but getting back to in the NHL lingo kind of gave him an itch to get behind the bench. And I would imagine, I you know, although Seattle doesn't seem that far away, if you've been at, you know, if you've been retired or out of work or however he, he was for a few years, then... You know, it's going to be a while before Seattle because it's not this season. Is it next or is it the one after? I can't even remember. But it's at least another 
It's definitely not this year. I have a it's feeling it might not next be. next season, season after, because obviously it would make yeah. all the draft change, wouldn't it? So, I mean, you know, you're talking a good while before you're going to get a team together. And I would imagine a season's quite a long time in the world of coaching. Mm. And I would have thought... You know, however we laugh and joke about the Edmonton Oilers and their struggles and their cap issues and all of this kind of stuff, as as Tom kind of said just then, you know, you are you are coaching a team with Connor McDavid in, like you know that that is the thing that you've got. You got a new GM three weeks ago. Ken yeah. Holland confirmed as GM and director of hockey who, operations, who supposedly so. has complete um, you know control over all hockey. Uh, decisions which was a big thing in Edmonton supposedly um, oh, just a note actually about Leon Dreisaitl who we saw a lot in the world championships playing for Germany he just looked incredible he mm. just every single game and it's very interesting when you've got an NHL star amongst a team you know where he's the only one of that level let's not to say the rest of the Germans aren't any good but he obviously stood out and he just took that on his shoulders and, and teams just couldn't mark him out of the game. He was an incredible player to watch um, and big as well, which is something you don't realise. But NHL players are bigger than other players. Mm. <laughs> it's a really weird thing that we noticed in, in Slovakia. Um, but, you know, in in Edmonton, you've got this kind of, you know, Dreisaitl and McDavid front two. And you you surely can build around that. And I think for Edmonton, the good thing for them is there are enough teams around at the moment. I mean, Edmonton should be on the phone to the Ottawa Senators every single day, every day, mm. because they should be going, right, what, take this contract off us and what, you know, what do you want? Because, you know, you can always work your way out of cap hell, which they are currently in. And you just hope that somebody like Ken Holland, with the amount of experience that he's got, uh, he's not got a perfect record, but you would hope at least he will be able to identify with a fresh pair of eyes a new coach that, you know, obviously Dreisaitl and McDavid are going to be the cornerstone of that franchise. But how do you then build around that and get rid of enough people to give you that room? Mm. So I don't know. I, I haven't followed Edmonton closely enough, but I would feel that, you know, they want to change. And they've now got change. They've got a new GM. They've got a new coach. And, I wouldn't, you know, you're going to start to see some players. They've also, you know, they, they're going for a proper clear out. Like their head of media relations has kind of been let go. And their I think head they of have somebody to, else have kind of gone, right, this is it. Blow it up. Which is interesting because there was a lot of pressure, wasn't there, towards the end of the year where they were saying, you know, how many more years of Conor McDavid is going to, you know, last before mm. he decides, do you know what, I've had enough of this. Um, so there'll be an interesting one to watch during the off season. Um, I do find it interesting how you've got this Stanley Cup final going on between two teams. And I don't know whether it's because they're not too... Well, no, because they are two big teams. But it's so strange because so many teams are out of it and out of it so long that their seasons are kind of moving into the summer and off-season and plans for next year. And yet, it's like Stanley Cup's not even been awarded yet. Like, And, you know, for, for the Edmonton Oilers or the Maple Leafs or whoever... All the focus is on next season already. And it's like, oh yeah, and, and the Stanley mm. Cup's still happening. Mm. It's a strange sport in that sense. I guess it's just a North American model because it's the same in basketball and other sports like that. But um, but yeah, it, it's going to be interesting having a look at some of those teams. So just talking about the off-seasons, a couple of teams that are worth mentioning, just as yeah. you were referenced there, a bit of basketball and what happens next in terms of management and stuff. Ottawa Senators, Montreal Canadiens, I jotted down a couple of incidents um, which... Uh, came up. Dave highlighted Max Domi chirping the Leafs, saying how uh, crap the Atmos is when he yeah. goes to play at the Leafs compared to the Raptors game. I mean, come on. It's like you're talking playoffs is going to be exciting. Pipe down, love. And then the other one, which <laughs> which you pointed yeah, if the, out. If the Leafs got to a uh, conference final, then I I'd like to hear the I think it would be very noisy. Yeah. So then the other one that you pointed out was um, the Habs chairman, Eugene Mounik, <laughs> chirping the Leafs. Um, someone forgot about the defence. Yeah. Um, and it was Mark Dumont, wasn't it, who said, uh, one team headed to the playoffs, one team heads for first overall pick. Oh, wait. So, you know. It was also like, there was a bit of a tongue-in-cheek reference to the fact that Eugene Melnick kind of had a go at the Leafs for forgetting to to think about defence and uh, things like that. And then 
they go ahead and hire the Leafs assistant coach who was in charge of the defense and penalty kill. Mm. So I know, obviously, he's not in charge of personnel, but he was in charge of that Leafs penalty kill, which was awful at times. Um, that was DJ Smith, of course, and he is, or well, he has been announced um, as the new coach of the Ottawa Senators. Again, another very interesting hire. Um, a lot of you know, listening to Hockey Centre at noon, a lot of the chat about that was all about how possibly the young players, which is the majority of the Ottawa Senators, had quite a you know, um, an influence on wanting a coach like DJ Smith, who supposedly is quite a player's a player's coach. And um, a lot of the younger players were very high on him um, coming in. And he's been seen as, you know, he served his time. He's been at Leafs a while as assistant coach. He's got a very successful coaching career in the minors. And, and you kind of feel that this actually might be a really good opportunity for him because there's no pressure in terms of, you know, success. They're not mm. expecting to have success for the next few years. And you get a chance to kind of mould the team around some really good, talented youngsters. The problem, like Edmonton, they have the opposite problem, but it's all around the cap. It's now they've the Sens have got to fill the cap, but then what they've got to do is they've got to be able to build the team and sign players where historically that's where they've come undone. And so, you know, will they do that? And will Eugene Melnick keep quiet? And, you know, all of those question marks. But an interesting signing and, you know, it's They're nice. like the team that you love to dig, aren't they? The, the Sens, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of a Leafs thing. I mean, I, I hate the Boston Bruins. I kind of like to joke and dig with the Oilers and the Sens. I can't say I hate them. But, but what I was trying to work out was... How many coaching changes there have been this season? Are we potentially up to like a third of the teams in the NHL this year? St. Louis changed theirs. Well, we'll (laughs) come on to that, yeah. And technically, (laughs) he's still classed as interim, actually. I know, yeah. And I went back and I watched the the hockey coverage back in November when he stepped in as interim coach to change Mike Yao. Watched some of that earlier. And the phrase that was used by um, Doug Armstrong, the GM, was, this is his opportunity to prove himself. Um, and apparently now Ooh. they've come out and said that the the word interim is just a technicality. Yes. Um, I can't imagine that he's going to be going into the off-season as an interim. But, you know, you kind of think last season there were no coaching changes. Mm. And this season we've seen, I think, I must be getting to double figures, but, uh, you know, a third of oh, yeah. the teams have changed their head coach this season. If we just mm. step back and we could probably, someone will go out and do the maths or Google yeah. it. But I think we must be getting up to surely 10 um, other things that I kind of jotted down because you and Matt really spent quite a lot of time getting into it so we won't go over all the points but Gary Bettman did um, a press conference yesterday before game one uh, where he was talking about the video review mm. and uh, basically I guess he was put in a position where they had to make some kind of statement and he talked about uh, they're going to be expanding um, a look into the video review potentially get more detailed break it down a little bit more but he was quite balanced in what he was saying to look at the understanding between the length of games getting longer as a result of more video review yeah. versus getting it right in the first place on the call on the ice so that's one to watch that clearly the GMs that's going to be the hot topic of um, the GMs and I guess they they had to I mean the thing the, the quote that he referenced um, and how could he not was that hand pass alleged yeah. whatever the people want to call it the hand pass for um carlson's uh, goal in game three of that um uh sharks game mm. so that was i think that was the kind of ignition for that kind of argument but i don't know when the next gm meeting is but you would be thinking that's going to be a hot subject and clearly they're they're already thinking about what they can do to make that better i yeah as you say me and matt talked about this uh, on the podcast last week and i thought about it afterwards uh, once I dropped him off and I was driving back on my own um, I was thinking about it afterwards and I've I've come even further onto the side of less review to the point where we just we just don't have it you have it for like clear goal scoring stuff yeah but he's ruled this out that, actually in, I know in, and, in that conversation he ruled it out because he said we can't the ship sailed we can't yeah. go backwards and I kind of feel that it, it, it inevitably has and I kind of wonder uh, it's exactly the same in football or in soccer but we we have this obsession at the moment of 
reviewing stuff and wanting to to bring in more video review and being outraged every time a decision doesn't isn't called quite right and yet you can just see the scenario where you end up with reviews and people going ah oh, the game's too long ah oh, i miss the jeopardy and all of that kind of stuff and i've i've now gone kind of full tilt the other way when i'm thinking that video review is the thing that's going to like rip the fun out of sport because what are we going to talk about if a game's called perfectly half of the stuff fans talk about oh so you're not worried about protecting your player now are you well it's not it's not about protecting the player that that bit is should be the ref's job that because video review doesn't really protect the players now anyway because of the kind of stuff you can review yeah it's like offsides or it's things like that and it's like do i care if if the guy's skate is in the air or on the blue line not really like I want the the line judge to call it and it's probably hypocritical because you can probably go back over the podcast and I was probably like yelling and screaming when something didn't happen for the Leafs and I got annoyed about it but I'm now starting to see what it's like if you review and I can only see that this scenario that we're in at the moment is going to end up in more reviews and then you start to think is this really what you want and I don't know it's so I, I'm I'm pinning my colours to the mast of less reviews, but I'm sure that it's probably going to go either mm. way. I imagine this is something that many of you listening are going to have opinions on. It is a bit of a divider, this one. So um, continue to send us your comments um, on Twitter at NHL fans from afar. Uh, you can also join that Slack group as well. Drop us an email. We then can send you an invite to your address. Um, which our email is nhlfansfromafar at gmail.com. Now, I have been, um, I kind of thought, come on, Claire, you need to get excited about this sport that you've been raving <laughs> about all season. And don't, yeah. you know, just put aside that it, you have to like kind of get passionate about a game, which there is a team which you never wanted to be see in this position. Yeah. You have to get excited about the game that is ice hockey. So yeah. I went and spent 90 minutes of just throwing myself into fact, stat, research about St. Louis Blues and Boston Bruins, but also looking into a couple of really great articles that talked about what and who to support Mm. if your team has not made the Stanley Cup final and some Uh, weird little facts that came out, okay? So I'll just recap from other teams' perspectives and then I'll break it down to the two teams that made the final. Okay. So I did not know that Chicago Blackhawks are St. Louis Blues' oldest and bitter rivals. And when you go out and kind of go into the tunnel that is YouTube where you feel like you're never going to come out because you've watched 20,000 hockey fights in the space of like (laughs) three hours and you look at your phone and you're like, oh my God, it's 4.30. There is one particular I would urge you to Google. Okay, okay? It's four minutes, 39 seconds long and it is called the St. Patrick's Day Massacre of 1991 between St. Louis Blues and Chicago Blackhawks. And basically, who isn't fighting in this game it's proper old school fighting so i did not know about this rivalry did you no i, didn't. I guess we don't watch a lot of the, the no. as many western games because we are east coast um you know team fans yeah and i i always think of i don't know probably because of just the geography but i would always think of detroit and chicago being rivals but then they're not even in the same division like they, they probably don't even play that much so but, it's, it's yeah. a weird one, but I would definitely mem- recommend go Google that. That That is one, if you're feeling yeah, quite okay. angsty and you just need like, uh, I don't know, to watch a little bit of violence on screen. <laughs> That's a great Legal way of doing violence. it. <laughs> so then the other thing was, um, which two teams do you think own the most miserable playoff histories in the league? <laughs> the Leafs. <laughs> it's not the Leafs, actually. They have what is it? Not? They have another title, which I'll go to oh, in a great. second. It's actually St. Louis Blues are one of them, and also San Jose Sharks. They both have really? the most miserable playoff histories in the league. So that surprises me. I knew St. Louis were really bad in the playoffs, and because they the the joke always was about them that well they're they're a horrible team to play in the regular season but don't worry if you get them in the playoffs you'll beat them because they're awful mm-hmm. San Jose surprises me because I know that obviously they haven't won recently if ever but I hadn't realised they were that bad in the playoffs I always thought they probably came close but then 
lost out, but obviously not. So there, there, that's one interesting fact. The other thing that I learned as well, historically, Pittsburgh Penguins and St. Louis Blues um, had kind of a little bit of, you know, thing going on. And also St. Louis Blues fans have always been known to be very rowdy and loud. Hmm. So back in the 70s, they were so loud that the Penguins coach, Red Kelly, at the time, for one particular away game, they went to play um, in St. Louis Blues and he made all of his players and even he on the bench wore earmuffs um, to begin the game to drown and ignore the sound of the fans chirping them. However, wow. it completely backfired yeah. because opening face-off... St. Louis Blues score a goal within 29 seconds and basically half of the Penguins team ditched their earmuffs and blamed the earmuffs Brilliant. for that particular goal. I don't know whether they went on to win, but um, there's a there's a random... When have you ever heard of an ice hockey team? There's some great pictures, if you Google it, of them all sat on the bench before the start of the game, all in a row, wearing earmuffs. It's all black and white as well. You can imagine how that message went down in the dressing room when the players kind of walked in <laughs> and saw all their kit and then they went what are they and the coach went you're all wearing these and you can imagine the compromise probably with some of them went I'll wear these until we concede a goal and the coach probably went yeah alright fine and then 29 <laughs> seconds and then ditch them off so then the other thing I was reading some articles which was trying to convince Toronto Maple Leafs fans to get behind the Bruins. It's amazing what you'll do to avoid watching the Stanley Cup <laughs> final, isn't it? This sporting <laughs> event that we should all be watching. Like, if this was American football, and would you ever get NFL fans going, I did all of this stuff to avoid watching the Super Bowl? You just <laughs> never would do it. So... This article went into great detail of um, why we should be cheering the Bru- um, the Bruins, right? What? Because, Maple Leafs fans? Yes. Oh, right. Okay, That's what I'm on. saying, right. right? Good luck. Go on. Here's the me. argument, okay? Yeah. So right now, St. Louis Blues are joint with Toronto Maple Leafs um, for... <laughs> The list of the longest cup drought. So if St. Louis Blues win, then that means that Toronto Maple Leafs sit at the top of the list for the longest Stanley Cup drought. Uh. So there we go. I'm still not convinced, but uh, whatever. Um, No. No, I, I'll take having the longest drought over not seeing Brad Marchand lift the cup this year. So the other thing about Bruins, okay, that I kind of... But it's a good argument, and that, that at least made me think. Made, I did not think you were yeah. going to even make me think about it, and I did have to think about exactly. it. Exactly. So with the Bruins, okay, they have won six Stanley Cups. Oh, and we know now, after game one win last night, 4-2 yeah. win, come back... Um, Apparently, in five of the six Stanley Cups that they have won, they mm-hmm. have won game one, but right. not in 2011. They lost the first two games versus the Canucks and then went on to oh, win yeah. it. And do you know about this series, right? Do you yeah. know the details of, yeah. you know, the the anger, like Alex um, Alex Burrow's biting Patrice Bergen's finger, Lucic, Mark Retchie's fingers in Burrow's mouth. And even actually a couple of years later, I was reading how um, uh, Lucic was saying he's from Vancouver and mm. he couldn't even go back to his hometown without being attacked. Yeah. Um, and um, it was vicious, that series. It was, wasn't it? So, you know, years afterwards, he, he, can't, he said that he would never go back to his hometown again. Ironically, until this summer. It was for the first time that Lucic spoke out and said he really? would be up for going back to Vancouver this year. Because he might be one of the, you know, that might be a potential trade. Um, but, yeah, interesting that, that even after that, it's taken that long for him even to consider mm. going home, knowing what the reception would be like. Well, Vancouver I, fans are a passionate lot. Like, but there is one particular clip that again is on YouTube, yeah. worth having a little look at, of um, a couple of years after the this Stanley Cup final hmm. series. Um, Brad Marchand is back playing, um, you know, against Canucks. They're playing away, yeah. and Canucks smash the Bruins six two. But to do as Brad Marchand does. Mm-hmm antagonizes the players in the crowd no way what he does is he kisses his ring finger and then lifts an imaginary cup um, oh. just to really antagonize oh. them 
<laughs> so it doesn't matter about the six two loss because he's got a ring and he touched the cup. Um, so it was quite a joyful clip to uh, to watch. I couldn't um, do that. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't watch that. Exactly. I'd get angry. I'm not in a good place after my team lost in the playoffs yesterday. I don't think I'm in a position to start watching Brad Marchand clips on YouTube. <laughs> so then, the obviously on the other side, we've got St. Louis Blues, who this is their first time in the final for 49 oh, yeah. years. They have never won a cup. In fact, their first three seasons back, when was it? 1967 to 70. They got to the final, but each time each three times lost in the <laughs> final so they, that is basically ah, their experience and their thing <laughs> i think tom fent dropped us a tweet actually and he put about bruins versus blues in cup final experience and it had like um a bar graph of time on ice um <laughs> wow so 100 uh, sorry 1294 versus 60 was bruins versus blues so there you go. You can kind of see the difference in experience. But what I guess we have seen when you kind of break down St. Louis Blues is that they had this coaching change in November. They went from the bottom of the league. They've turned it around. There's so many players that actually it's their first time in the playoffs. Um, some of the, um, the the real hero stories, which is why it's hard not to get behind the Blues. I mean, you have to be mad if you haven't heard about Layla Anderson, who's an 11-year-old girl um, who has a really rare disease. Only 15 of the children in the world have this disease. And how she is being visited and really supported and taken to the games uh, by some of the players. She talked about how um, Colton Parakio gave her a whole bag of Starburst. Alexander Steen came to visit her in hospital. And she's there and kind of has been a really big... Um, support, but also an emotional um, focus for players like Colton um, to drive them towards wanting to win and do this for her. Um, I don't know if you read about their their song, which has become like the kind of the song that everyone in St. Louis is talking. Is so Gloria, Gloria right? Yeah. And one particular radio station said that if they win the cup, <laughs> oh, they will play the song nonstop oh, for twenty four hours. <laughs> I mean, what great publicity <laughs> yeah. anyway, but... And of course, how could we not, you know, remember Tyler Bozak? I know. It's really interesting, that one, because on, on Twitter, I've seen quite a few Leafs fans begrudge the fact that Tyler Bozak is there, and that's a reason for not wanting the Blues to win. I, I cannot understand that take at all. No. You've got a player like Tyler Bozak who did nothing but, you know, uh, but serve the Toronto Maple Leafs through some of the worst days of the franchise. And okay, he may not have been, you know, Austin Matthews, but he, he served that team and often, <clears throat> you know, was on a top line when, you know, let's face it, he probably wasn't that top line player, but he served there. And then he got to free agency and the Leafs basically said, thanks, but no thanks. So then what do you expect the guy to do? Like go, well, that is it. I'm not playing for another NHL team ever. The fact he then went to the Blues and has had success makes me, uh, you know, regardless of Boston, but, you know, I want to see the guy do well because, you know, Mm -hmm. if anything, he's now, hopefully anyway, for our sake, he's hopefully going to be missing out on the best Maple Leaf years in quite a long time. Mm. And that's only possible through players like him and JVR and Leo Komarov and players like that, you know, performing in those years that weren't so great. But yeah, I can't understand that at all. I really hope that um, Bozak, yeah, it'd be great to see Bozak lift the cup. It would be great. In blue. I mean, it would have been nice if he was a Leaf. But Well, it's kind of... Yeah, blue. It's the Blue-ish, right colour, at least, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, exactly. It's not. Yeah. But then other people like Patrick Baroon. You know, here's a guy who was a free yeah. agent yeah. who tapped up yeah. the GM, Doug Armstrong, and said, look, I'll take a hit on the money. Yeah. I need to be close to my family. I want to be, you know, close to my home city. I want to be there to better my city. And he was the one that got the double overtime winner yeah. in Game 7 to send the Blues to the Western Conference Final. Yeah, he's been so, on the same line as uh, Bozak and that third line has been incredible for the Blues. Great, great stories. Jordan I mean, Binnington. What an amazing story about the Blues. I mean, he's he's like, he's a rookie. He's a, he's a free agent. 
<laughs> I can't remember how much he's on. Is it seven fifty or like. eight fifty or something? But I, I did actually pull out the stats to do a goalie comparison because so many times this season we've talked about it's a game of the goalies, mm. and when you actually put it down on paper, there is pretty much nothing between these guys. Let me yeah. lay it out for you in terms of the regular season. Jordan Binnington um, played 13, 32 regular games. Um, he had a 0.927, um, a 97 save percentage. Yeah. Um, Took a rask, uh, played 46 games in the regular season, yeah. had a 9.12 save percentage. So then we look at the playoffs, um, pretty evenly matched in terms of number of games. Jordan Binnington's played 20 games. Interesting that the um, the other fella who's the goalie, Jake Allen for Blues, who's on four mil, yeah. hasn't played any playoff yeah. games at all. So Jordan played 20 playoff games so far. Tukarask, 18 games. Mm-hmm. Um, save percentage for Tukarask is 9-4. Yeah. And Jordan Binnington is 9-1-5. So mm. there really isn't very much, apart from how much they're getting paid every day, um, there really is not very much between these guys if you're just judging it on what their stats are for just this season. And But obviously, the key thing is that Tuka Rask has experience. You know, he's older. He's around one pick. Um, you know he's Leaves. he's he's just got Leaves so pick. many years experience to kind of deal with the knocks that being in a tournament yeah. like this versus Jordan who is the youth the young the hungry but how many times in the during the playoffs did everyone say oh well you know you don't trust Jordan Pennington in this matchup you know he's a rookie the second round this is where he'll come unstuck or third round this is where he'll come unstuck and he just hasn't he's performed well and he's had ups and downs but then so does every goaltender and mm. Yeah, you're right. I think it's going to be it's going to be a huge battle between those two to see, you know, who can they're going to play a huge part in that. You've got to you've got to fancy Boston on the uh, special teams. Their power play has been superb. Mm. Their penalty kill is good. Um the Blues, their their power play has been hot and cold. Um they didn't convert anything yesterday um no. they, had, they didn't convert um anything out of three boston only converted one out of five but interestingly it was the shots really blues only had 20 shots on goal and bruins had 38 was this in boston this was in boston yeah right okay mm. yeah it's, it's early days that's a isn't big it, but... difference though that's yeah, almost it double it is a big difference but i i don't know i mean i've got everything hope like you know i'm just hoping st louis do it um but it's it's such a good story if St. Louis do it. I heard somebody, I can't remember who it was, I think it was on Hockey Centre at noon, but somebody was saying how, or maybe it's 31 Thoughts. Hang on, I think you're going to read what, this comment that I've got. Andy highlighted it, it was on TSN 1040. He put, this is the line, so if the Blues sweep the Bruins, yeah. then that makes the Penguins the ultimate losers because <laughs> they would be the team swept by the team that was swept. <laughs> By the team that swept, by the team that was swept, and who wouldn't want to see that? <laughs> so that I, en- I enjoyed reading that, that quite a lot. Great. That is really good. That wasn't what I was going to say, actually. But and no, then they wept. Really and then they wept. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, no, what I was going to say, and it was on 31 Thoughts, and uh, at least I think it was anyway. Um, Jeff Merrick, I'm pretty sure, was the one who said... The St. Louis Blues story this year, if they win the Stanley Cup, is better than the Vegas story last year because of what they've done. Like, if you think of where they've come from, I know Vegas came from nothing and were an expansion team, but Vegas had a whole year of doing well and then performed well in the playoffs and got to the Stanley Cup final. Okay, huge shock and nobody expected it. But St. Louis Blues were bottom of the NHL on January the 3rd. And they are now in the Stanley Cup final. I don't know. If they go on and win it, is that a better story than than Vegas? And I think Elliot Friedman on 31 Thought said no story was better than Vegas because it was Vegas, blah, blah, blah. But an interesting one because I think it is being looked over. But then the other thing with the St. Louis Blues is if you if you kind of forget the beginning of the season, then this isn't a surprise. Because they were tipped in the summer to be a really good team this year. Yeah. Like people were saying the St. Louis Blues could win the Stanley Cup last summer. Then they obviously had an awful start to the season, sacked their coach, all of this kind of stuff. 
and then have kind of rode this wave into the playoffs and have had this incredible run of form. So I don't know. I I hope they do it. I really do because I think yeah, it's all for stories. And once your team goes out, you want either the villain for your own you know your own self to go out, but you also cheer for those stories. And St. Louis this season have been one hell of a story to come back from where they got to. I did also, uh, I read this quote about the Bruins, which I thought perfectly summarised why it's so easy to hate them. Mm. It says how, look, they only won a a cup a few years ago. They are the city that wins everything all the time anyway. They killed two of the league's best stories in Columbus and uh, Hurricanes, leaving a trail of broken hearts. And the leaves. Yeah, and the leaves. (laughs) Although I think we kind of did that to ourselves in game six. Um, Their best player occasionally licks people. Don Cherry likes them. (laughs) And I thought, yeah, I I could see why that might antagonise all the other 30 teams. Oh, yeah, they're they're the perfect team to hate, the Bruins, because they are good. Let's not get that, you know, let's... uh, For everything I've said negatively about them, they're a good hockey team. Like, they are really, really good. Their Their power play is incredible. Their goaltender has come to town. Patrice Bergeron, David Pasternak and Brad Marchand is a line that is feared by anybody. And they've got some real depth and real grit in their lineup. And it, it's just because they've got enough about them that <laughs> that either bends the rules or, you know, you've got the Brad Marchand antics, you've got the Zdeno Chara, um, you know, using his size and aggression in ways you might not want to see. And... I don't know, there's a, there's the kind of the big bad Bruins reputation that they kind of still live off now, even if it doesn't um, particularly warrant it anymore. They're just the perfect team to hate. And yeah, as you said, you know, Boston's a city that wins all the time. Like, you know, look at Toronto at the moment. They are going crazy. There are parties in the streets mm. because their basketball team have got to the, the finals. They've not even won the thing. They've just got to the finals. But that is so unheard of for a Toronto team to have that kind of success that you've got parties in the streets just getting to the finals. In Boston, they don't even raise an eyelid, let alone a smile, yeah, unless I... the cup is being hoisted. Tom Brady sent a message, didn't he, to uh, support the Bruins. It's just like, oh, God. Yeah, Gr- uh, Gronk... What's his name? Gronkowski? No, um, oh, that other New England Patriot player who's just retired... His nickname's Gronk. Anyway, he was at the... I remember him at the Leafs game. He was one of those flag bearers during the game. But yeah, they, they're just an unbelievably, sickeningly, sportingly talented, uh, trophy-laden place. And I think most other cities look at them with envy, but with envy comes a kind of a hatred as well because that's what human beings do. And yeah, Boston are just public enemy number one and the way they get through those playoff rounds and the way they play doesn't help themselves with that but I'm sure if I was a Boston fan I would be loving it right now I'm sure well I'm just trying to find uh, the latest comment from our beloved uh, Bruins fan Ross who (laughs) we invited on tonight but he was driving um, back home from a, a break um, I can't blink him find it, but basically it was something like he was he'd been enjoying catching up on the sleep. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. In preparation, <laughs> yeah, for a busy final. So, so I was thinking that the other day. I said this to Matt as we were uh, flying back. I said to him, just imagine, and you know, for him with Dallas, they got further than the Leafs did. But on the eve of the Stanley Cup, I was chatting to him, and I was saying, just imagine, just imagine if the team you support was still in now. Remember how intense that, like, following the first round was? Like, it made practically both of us ill afterwards because we weren't getting enough sleep and we were watching games at stupid o'clock and you then were. not being able to sleep. Yeah, I was I was dead. I had my first cold of the year. <laughs> a first and only cold in about a year, thanks to that first round. And I was thinking, I don't know how I would... I don't even know how I'd still be functioning right now if the Leafs were in the Stanley Cup final. I, I genuinely don't think I'm ready for this. I need to do some off-season prep. I need to... I need Forget conditioning and capping the number of games Freddie Anderson plays. I need to start thinking of myself like and start capping the number of games I watch for the regular season. If I'm going to have a long playoff run... 
Or just become self-employed like me, where you get to map out your own schedule. I just, well, yeah, maybe, maybe that's the future. Maybe it's not possible to follow job. A, a deep, <laughs> a deep kind of playoff run team and full-time employment where your your work isn't flexible. Yeah, maybe that's maybe that's it. But I don't know. Like, I just don't know how you'd follow it for that long. Well, maybe like one, maybe <laughs> one day try. we'll I'm, find out. I'm not saying that I don't want to try, but I would. Yeah, I'd, I'd give it a go. I'd give it a go. Okay, so the the question that we've unfairly asked every single guest, every episode, oh, yeah. was who do we think is going to win the Stanley Cup? So on that note, I would like to just point out that although my bracket was an absolute well, it wasn't disaster, everybody's. I've not even looked at what my points are. I mean, who was the person that won? What did they have? Like 25 points or something? Probably yeah. Probably more than that, but... Um, yeah, my bracket was a disaster. I think my second bracket was was good i think because i think i had like, it, whatever i had like st louis doing well i think that was my only answer the question Jolon. you're skirting around the fucking answer gonna... Uh, i'm gonna say and it's not who i want but i do think the bruins are going to do it in four and in i think four? potentially it could be a sweep oh um, no i think it's can't do that. i have an we're we're about to end this episode and i just I'm already in my mind thinking if you're if you're catching up on this podcast and you're about to hit play for the next one, I do not know what words are going to come out of my mouth if I physically have to say congratulations. Or we just don't have to mention it. Maybe we just don't do a podcast. <laughs> no. Maybe we just Maybe say, look, if the Bruins win the Sunny <laughs> Cup final, then we've had a great season. Okay. It's been great getting to know you all. And mm. that's it. <laughs> we'll now. put this as a disclaimer, right? But I am genuinely quite fearful that Bruins might do this in four in a sweep. I am 100% not going to agree with you because I can't even stomach the thought of it. Um... Oh man, I don't know. I mean, it, it. I find it hard in these situations to ever say that I think to go with my head over my heart because what my head says is sickening. I think Boston are favourites. You've you've got to give them that. But I'm going to go with the story, and I'm going to go with what everybody wants, and I'm going to go with what Canada wants because Canada should be supporting St. Louis because. They've got something like half their team is Canadian, whereas Boston only have a couple of players. Um, So I'm going to go with Canada's team. I'm going to go with Tyler Bozak, Jordan Bennington and the St. Louis Blues. But I'm going to say that it's going to go all the way seven games and it will come down to a game seven and the Blues will pull it off. Okay. Right, well, we won't be doing oh, our next man. podcast until the winner has been announced. So, so what are we doing? Like, where I don't even know. So there's going to be... It's quite a long Stanley Cup playoffs, isn't it? Uh, sorry, Stanley Cup final. Well, we will... like a three-day gap. There's no point us doing another podcast until we know who the winner is. Okay. So that is what we will do. So you may not get another episode dead okay. on next Tuesday, or you might get one by... <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. We might not even have time to do it. Might be that quick if you're right. But bear with okay. us. Okay. So another podcast a... when when the cup is lifted. And we also are looking at covering the draft as yeah. well. So I want to one thing I want to do on uh, maybe the next podcast probably because you know there's only so much you can say about a, a Stanley Cup winner, particularly if it's Boston. There'll be very little we want to say. It'd be quite nice to go through. And um, the Athletic did a really good set of articles on. Um, each division and breaking down what they're going to be looking for in the off season and things like that. So it'd be quite nice to go through that and just go through each team on a little kind of, you know, couple of minutes on each one and see what is coming up over the summer and look ahead to July 1 because by that point we will be into June and, you know, free agency and the fun and games of that will all be heading up into July 1. Mitch Marner. So we... we, we did so well to get this far into the podcast without mentioning that guy. Um, but yeah, there'll be loads to talk about then. So Who is yeah. he? Who, yeah, I don't know. Who's Freddie Anderson? One We've the, forgotten now. One of the worst takes I saw um, about a Toronto Raptors game was that Nazim Kadri and Mitch Marner were both there in the audience watching. And somebody on Twitter, who granted was from Alberta, said, interesting, not sitting together. Can't believe either of them are going to be back in Toronto this next year. Like, ah, oh, come on, come on. 
trolling me from let the games begin well if you have any comments on the things that we're talking about if you're already looking at what your team's going to do in the off season you're looking forward to the draft or you would like to throw in your predictions and have a bit of fun on what you think is going to happen in the final then declare your interest to us on twitter at nhl fans from afar you can email us nhl fans from afar at gmail.com and we can even give you a slack invite to come and have a bit of banter with like-minded other hockey fans too we should have come up with some kind of uh some kind of prize or forfeit or something for the different predictions bear in mind we've gone for different teams like i think the fact that you've said boston if if st louis win i didn't say who i want to win mm, yeah i know That's i said who thing. do i think is going think to those are two win. different yeah, things jolon yeah okay i'll give you that i'll give you that what's what's the what are we gonna put a fiver well, I, I was trying to think. There's, there's got to be something about it, something to do with the Bruins jersey that has to. You happen have to wear a Bruins <laughs> yeah, jersey to work the following day. Oh, oh, this oh, is why oh, I work oh, from home. Oh, oh I'm feeling sick. <laughs> have a great one, whatever you're up to. Yeah.